Get your Bible, go to Matthew, go to Mark 11, and um, we're going to talk again about faith, but we're going to talk about the enemies of faith, and um, you know, I'm excited about what we're doing here, and um, if you weren't here last Sunday, get the CD, second service, I mean, just, I don't know if anybody could even reproduce, I don't even think Mark could do that good. Mark eleven, twenty two. Father God, we open up the Word of God right here. We're going to get into it. We're going to read it. We're going to study it, and and we're going to we're going to treat your your Word with great respect. And we're a doer of the Word, not just a hearer only. And we'll give you the praise and honor and glory for that in Jesus' name, Amen. And Father, I remind you, your Word always works. If something isn't working, it's it is on our end. And whatever it is, we're going to fix whatever it is on our end that needs to be fixed in Jesus' name. Now, I've been to Mark eleven twenty two. Let me let me read this. Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe the things he says will be done, he'll have what he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. Verse 25 is where I want to focus this morning in a few minutes. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. Now, let me, before we get into that, let me, let me, let's talk about faith for a few minutes. In this church, you hear me preach on faith a lot. Now, a lot of times people would think that's a pet subject. It isn't. The Bible says the just live by faith. It is not a pet subject. It is a lifestyle. If it's not a lifestyle, it will not work. Now, let me, let me make this statement because I want y'all to catch something. There's a, Brother Hagen, um, Mark Hankins is the one that said, um, there's a spirit of faith. Faith is more of a way you live than anything else. If it is not a way you live, don't expect it to work when you need it. It's not a parachute that you wear on your back and one day I'm gonna need to use my faith when I get a doctor's report. It does not work. Now this is why, this is why in a church like this, people will come along and say, I need prayer and by then life is completely upside down. And they're wanting a magic wand. Lay your hands on me. Pray all the trouble I've caused away. And don't expect me to change at all. And it doesn't work. And, and people live that way. And where did they get that? I'm going to get into this a little deeper here. Please let me. You hear me say this often. The gospel in America is come to Jesus and go to heaven. 
That is not the gospel, never has been. When I married Lisa, um, one of the things that I, before we had intimacy, before we moved into a house together, before we did anything together, we met with a preacher and we exchanged vows. There's a reason you exchange vows because the days ahead are going to be trouble, good and bad. The vow keeps you. If your vow to God doesn't keep you, your vow meant nothing. I'm not here to entertain Lisa. I mean, we've had times, had it not been for a vow, we wouldn't be together. We've hit walls. We've hit hard times. We've had trouble. But that day sealed it. The day you made a vow to Jesus and got born again was supposed to seal it for you. This is the reason you pray a prayer of faith when you first get born again and receive Jesus as Lord because it's your vow to him. He, he accepted you. But it's your vow to him that keeps you when, when, when trouble comes, when trials come. And let me make a statement to you so that you'll get it and I don't ever want you to forget it. I don't have a song and dance for you. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to entertain Lisa. I'm not, I don't have to take her and wine her and dine her every week to keep her with me. That would be insanity. When you ride in on a white horse, that white horse becomes the plow horse. You go to work. And your family needs you to stay honest. So I'm going to show you something about a life of faith. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, 7. Pop it up on the screen. Pop it on the screen. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Let me just wait on Tracy here for a second. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is a walk. It's a walk. Um, let me read another scripture to you. Let me, this is teaching morning, so I can do this. I don't have to. I don't have to run aisles and jump pews yet. Luke 9.62. Go to Luke 9.62 with me. Are y'all okay? This is, this is why preachers don't preach faith. Because what we basically are going to look at you and say, you are responsible for your walk. No one else. You're responsible for your attitude. Faith works by love. If you don't love God with all your heart and your neighbor is yourself, faith won't work. And you will have thousands of opportunity to get out of love. If you don't, come see me. We'll see if we can fix your problem. Are you all out there? Did you go home? Jesus said, no one having put his hand to the plow, looking back, 
is fit for the kingdom. Thank you. Thank you. The, the commitment level in American churches is somewhere between zero and And, and it's not that way in China. It's not that way in Iraq and Iran. It's not that way anywhere in the earth but the U.S. Because we have it so good, we have this idea that somehow or another God owes you a living, and he does not. We're not entitled to anything. He doesn't owe you a healing. We follow the plan or forget it. So I want to read another, I want to to show you something else in the Word of God, and I'm praying, I'm praying this morning that we get a revelation when we're talking about using your faith. You can't use something every once in a while. You can't take your arm and just, I'm going to preserve this, and one day I'll need this muscle. When you do, it's just going to flop around at your side. You're using your arm every day or forget it. You're going to use your faith constantly. All right. Now, let, let, let me give you an example here in the natural. Let's pretend for a minute that you're, you have a child and they want to play college football. And they come home and they say, I want to play football at my college. Do you understand what that child said? I am going to be a team player, and I'm going to play on a team. That means that the coach decides a lot of what your child will do now. And there won't be, he will not hand the coach a schedule of when he can come based on him. Or you're not playing. You don't, you don't join a team and not be a team player. You don't become a Christian and not become a team player. That there's no such a thing. Someone lied to you. When there's game practice, you're at game practice. All right. Let's use another analogy here, I think a little closer to home. Let's say your son comes home one day and says, Mom, I'm going to be a Marine. Does that have any, what what does that strike in your soul? You're not going to do Marine, you're going to be a Marine. That means that that the, um, the Marines don't care about your birthday. They don't care about Thanksgiving, and they don't care about anything. You put a uniform on, and your life as you know it ends. But, but, your life as a Marine begins. You see, you did that when you got born again, whether you know it or not. You show up for duty Period. You pick up a book called the Bible, which is the manual for faith. And faith is obedience. That's all faith is, is obey. Abraham by faith obeyed. God said, get out of here and go where I tell you. And he got up and he left. And that was faith. Well, y'all are quiet. 
so you can understand my dilemma when I'm coming along trying to teach you about how to get your healing and you can't even get committed to read your Bible, pray, and get to church on time. It does not work. Uh, Pastor, just pray for me. And you know, and occasionally God will just be merciful to you. But if you think it's going to go on like that forever, you have, it will not. Thank you. And, and see, what happens is you don't understand that the life of faith means you're going to put your flesh under. Your crying, whining, thumb-sucking flesh is going to die. And, and Americans are like, oh, but I don't want that. I want this and that and this and that and that and this. You're going to control your thoughts. You're not going to let your brain go down to any old bad road it wants to go all day long, upset, bent, torqued out of shape, and run into church and think that God's going to fix your problem. You are the problem. Well, shout me down. Faith begins when you wake up in the morning and you say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. God is for me. Who could be against me? And immediately you step in the kitchen and your wife snaps at you and you say, love is patient. Love is kind. Hardly notices when anybody does me wrong. Jesus is Lord. Thank y'all. Boy, y'all exciting. I'm doing pretty good, aren't I? And you see, the problem in America is that we have very few preachers who have the backbone to stand up and even make statements like I'm talking to you. Scared to death you're going to leave the church. You've already left. The, the divorce rate in this nation is, is off the chart. Because they got up and made a vow. They, didn't any, they meant, I'll keep my vow as long as everything goes right. Honey, you're fixing to have a problem. You know, Lisa and I have a great marriage. We do. We have a great marriage. Do you know how long it took me to get her straightened out? Y'all are laughing, but it's true. And, 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 come on, the other way around. Let me tell you something. Marriage cures stupid. If you stay married and it cures selfishness and it cures a lot of dumb stuff. You've been, you've been alone for 18 years with mommy petting you and telling you you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then one day you get married and your husband looks at you and says, you are beautiful and you are the greatest thing since sliced bread. And now that you are get in there and get in that kitchen and cook, I ain't doing squat. Yeah, you are too. Thank you. Yeah, don't burn the biscuits. And you know what? It, it's, it's tough. And if you have a good mother-in-law, you go home and tell her about what the problems you're having. She sends you back and she says, go home, work it out. And you go home and work it out. And it usually looks like somebody washing a cat. Boy, I'm doing pretty good, aren't I? All right. All right. <laughs> Matthew 18, 21. Let's go over here now. I just want to stay on that, but I can't. I can't. I've already, I beat that horse pretty good, and I'm going to leave it alone now. Now, let's talk about ought. Let's talk about if you have ought against any. 
Do you know what that means in the Greek? Anything, anybody. Thank you. So y'all are exciting. Anything, anybody. Now let me ask you a question. Have you ever had anybody do you wrong? Thank you. Now I'm going to make a statement to you and you're not going to like it. You've done people wrong yourself. Whether intentionally or non-intentionally, whether out of selfishness and pride or you were just ignorant, you've done others wrong. And do you know what you want? Mercy. I'm going to say something else to you, and I want you to think about this for the rest of your life. You killed Jesus. So don't cry about what someone did to you. It's quiet in this Baptist church. And my phone, someone's trying to get me to tell me happy birthday. Or to sell me life insurance or health insurance. I would say, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you just me. I don't have a problem with women, sex, and drugs. Never have. But I have had a problem with forgiving stupid people. Come on, thank you. I'm just sitting here waiting on you, right? How many of y'all have had people that just did you wrong and they knew it and did it anyway? And you're like, I forgave you after I get through slapping you upside your ugly head. And, And Lisa can forgive and forget, I mean like in a nanosecond. I can this month. If I pray about it, don't tell me. I mean, I've, I've had people do stuff to me, and I'm going to say this in this first class, and I don't know whether. When my first wife left me, she took the girls to Church Street Station and taught them to drink and smoke to get at me. I told God, if you give me a rock, I'll bust that woman in the head. Why, why screw up the girl's life? Because you're mad at me. And it, it angered me so bad. One morning I woke up and I married Elisa and I'm trying to get out of bed. My knees quit working. I got arthritis in my body so bad I couldn't walk. I'm in my 30s. I'm stove up like a 90-year-old man. And I can't walk. And I went to the Lord and I said, what in the world is wrong? I'm, I'm standing on the word, confessing Mark eleven twenty three, rebuking sickness and disease. And the Lord said, you need to forgive your ex. And I said, uh, blank, I will. I know none of y'all relate to that. And I'm sorry that I'm so, so wide open with you. He said, you won't get healed until you do. And I had, he said, not only that, but you're going to pray for her. Oh, I'm preaching better than your amen in my long shot. So let me ask you a question. Why do you think Satan sends people across your path? To stop your faith. And you've got to be smarter than that. 
She's not my problem. You've heard this said a hundred times. Don't take poison hoping the other person will die. And that's what you're doing. Well, I ended up forgiving her and I ended up praying for her until all of the animosity was out of my heart and I gave her to God. And I had to pray that God would restore my girls to me. And let me tell you something, that's not easy, but once you get in faith, faith is a rest. Faith is the easiest life on the earth, but you have to fight to stay at rest. I'm resting in your goodness, God. I'm, I'm giving my daughters to you, and I'm resting in your goodness. And you saw they were here the other night, and they're doing very good walking with God. And they're, very, they're, they're close to their mother, but they're not ignorant of what's going on. And, and it took all the faith I had just to walk away and to, and to get rid of the animosity in my heart. You have anything. Anybody. Now we're talking about driving down the road and some numb nut pulls out in front of you. Listen, shut up. Quit arguing with someone who can't hear you on I-4 or 441 and get back in faith. Boy, I, I mean, I'm, I'm being, uh, listen, let's get real here for a minute. L- l- let me show you this in the scripture. And this scripture has helped me immensely with my walk with God. Now, now watch what we read and pay attention to it. Because when Jesus gave you, he only mentioned one thing about stopping your faith. There's actually several more, but this was the Mac Daddy of them all. And Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. And Jesus said, no, not seven times, seven times 70 Say wow again. That's a, yeah. Well, they ain't doing it again. Yeah, they might. There's only one person that can hinder your faith, and that's you. Now, now let's think about this for a minute. Some people are married to a person who's very selfish. That'll hinder your faith if you allow it under your skin. Well, I'm going to change them. Now nah, you probably aren't. You've already tried now for years and hadn't, been a, hadn't done a bit of good. You may think what I'm going to say right now is you're just throwing the towel in. You're not. Quit worrying about what they do and don't do. Use your faith on them. I believe that my husband, the love of God is shed abroad in his heart in Jesus' name, and I choose to see him that way and treat him like he's walking with God, though you know he isn't. Oh, boy, it's quiet in this Baptist church. Now, that'll take all the faith you have to believe that that thing you married is walking with God. It works for women too. Now, we're not talking about infidelity and him beating you up with a baseball bat. Now, that, that, you just need to leave home. You just, you, just, you just need to find another place to live. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Now, boy, I, I got so involved in that, I couldn't read my script. Are y'all out there or you go home? Is this, 
This, this is life, people. This is life. This is real Christianity right here. You say, I want my faith to work. Well, you're going to use it daily with people. You know, you heard, I don't know whether y'all were here for my birthday and Betty Mae got up and started talking about, but it, it, she told the truth. The first year of this church, I quit every Sunday. The pastor before me had stolen an enormous amount of money. And, the, and there were people in this church treated me like dirt and my family. Dirt. I had regular being chewed out because I'm a crooked preacher. I hadn't done anything to him. Do y'all understand? It, it is difficult to walk into a group of bitter, hurt, mean, baby, thumb-sucking Christians and call yourself a pastor. I'm here to pastor you. Yeah, sit down and shut up and keep your hands off our money, you filthy dog. I've had people say that. To my face. I didn't steal your money. Are y'all out there? You go. I'm not talking about everybody. I mean, it was, it's a good handful of people. I mean, probably a good dozen people. And and it and, and I I had to grow. It was my faith in God that I. It was all I could do to come back. You talking about wanting to leave church? Good God Almighty! I wanted to leave church. Just let me go do something, Jesus. Let just, I'll go to China. I'll go to India and Africa. I'll, I'll go to Borneo, but just don't make me go back to Apopka. Dear Lord, no, not them, Jesus. Well, things have changed. But I'll tell you what it took. Faith works by love. You have to love God enough and love people enough, though they're not lovely. Boy, I'm preaching good. Anyway, let's go back to that. Pop that scripture back up there. How many of you feel already figured out right now how to use your faith on a daily basis? This alone right here is, it will do it. I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to read this to you. It says, the kingdom of heaven, like a certain king, wanted to settle accounts. I'm in verse 23. And when he had begun to settle accounts, it was brought to him, owed him 10,000 talents, and he was not able to pay it. His master commanded that he be sold his wife and children, all that he had, and payment to be made. You understand that's you. The servant, therefore, fell down and said, Master, have patience with me, and I'll pay you all. Now, now this right here is a debt somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 80 billion dollar debt. That was your debt when you got saved. Now, tell me how you're going to pay that back. At McDonald's? You can't get a job and pay that much money back. So you are in debt and zero there's nothing. This is the day you came to Jesus and got born again. You walked into Jesus totally in debt, unable to do anything. Okay, that's all of us. Okay. The servant therefore fell down and said, Master, I'll pay you. And I wrote in my Bible, how? And the master of that servant was moved with compassion, or the word mercy, and he forgave him the debt and released him of it. You owe me nothing. Go home. Have a good day. That, that's... That's an incredible statement. Start your life over now. Don't do this again. I'm releasing you of every debt you owe me. 
you now can go begin again. Would you think that this person would have been appreciative? Do you know God thinks you should be appreciative of what he did? How do you show appreciation? Well, I love the Lord. I just don't love people. That's not appreciation. Do you know why God puts you in a church? For you to grow. Do you know why he puts you with people that are hard to get along with? So you'll grow. Your commitment is your commitment to God. It's quiet in here. The servant went out and found a fellow servant that owed him 100 denarii, $18. 18 bucks. He said, and he grabbed him and took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe me. And the fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him and said, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, and he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and came and told their master what had been done. And his master, after he called him, said, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant and had pity, and just as I had pity on you? And the master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So my heavenly father will do to you, each of you, from your heart does not forgive your brother their trespasses. Now, that is a, that's a heavy, heavy scripture. Now, go back to me and my ex. That wasn't an $18 sin, that was a $200 sin. But what was I forgiven? So what happened to me that now I have arthritis? All of my sins back on me. I'm now, Jesus isn't paying for my sins, I am. You go, I don't want to pay for my sins. Well, then you might want to get your finger off everybody else. So, so how does this work? How does this work? Well, you look at a person and say, you know what? The Lord forgave me, and I'm going to release you of that debt. God, listen, what you're not saying what they did is okay. You're not saying that you're going to stay in fellowship. And you don't have to, I didn't have to stay married to her. Come on, y'all. But I did need to release the animosity in my heart in order for me to go forward. You know, um, I'm sitting here looking at people like Chloe. They, she's been through a tough time with her family. It's, it's, let me tell you something. It's tough. But if she doesn't learn to release it, she has no future. She has no future based on something someone else did. You don't either. If other people, listen, I've met people came in this church and said, you don't know what they did to me in the 60s. Honey, that's a while ago. I don't know what they did to you in the 60s. But if I was you, I think I'd get over it by now. I didn't, listen, do you know my father left me? I grew up without a father. 
I came up in a one-parent home. Listen, none of us in this room, quit pretending you're the only one that ever had trouble. Faith works by love. That is not, okay, I got another scripture for you. I got one, oh, I'm doing pretty good. Are y'all ready? I got another scripture. I'm, I'm going to show you something else here. Just go to Matthew 5 now. Go to, turn it back go to Matthew 5. Say, well, how do I do this? Are y'all ready? Because I'm going to show you how to do it. I didn't say it was easy, and I'm going to tell you it, it'll make your life easy. Amen. Not carrying guilt and shame is a good life. Yeah. Amen. I would say that I probably have someone do something stupid Every day. There's two kinds of, if, if, if I compromise the Bible, I will have people love me, but I will hate me. If I don't, there are people who hate me because I don't compromise. Do you understand? The temptation is to calm it down. So you will like me, but I want to like me, and I want God to like me. I don't, I don't preach stuff like I am right now just to tick you off, but the people who walk in this church expect me to thrill them every Sunday morning. Don't ever make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. You have the Holy Spirit to comfort you when I'm done. Boy, y'all are exciting. This is true. Let me tell you what makes marriage work. Communication. You know that not all communication is fun? No, it's not. It is not. There are things you need to not say, and then there's times you need to make a statement. One day Lisa's driving through Miami looking at her phone, and I'm in the back seat, and I said, put the phone down and she told me to, to kind of be quiet. And I reached over the seat and snatched the phone out of her hand. And I had strong words. Put the dang phone down. You're killing us in Miami because you're stubborn. Put the phone down. Oh, we had a bad day. Didn't talk to me all day. I didn't give a rib. You're driving along 70 miles an hour behind someone four feet in front of you in Miami, Florida. You're crazy. But, you know, occasionally you have words with people, and they get embarrassed because of pride. And finally, after that, Justin looked at her and said, Mom, Dad's right. Shut up. And she got, you know, and then finally she went, listen, guys, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I, I, that's correct. And they, that's just one mild one. Oh, don't think she hadn't had words with me. Are y'all out there? You just, boy, I tell you, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You have heard that it was said, you'll love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And I say, love your enemy. Say, wow. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And I'm going to tell you something right now. That ain't easy. That's not easy. To get down and go, 
Okay, Heavenly Father, I'm going to pray for, mm, help me, that you will bless them, kill them. No, God, bless them. Get them run over by a Mack truck, God. No, no, bless them. Come on, y'all. Come on. Let's talk. Let's talk. That's got, that's got to be one of the most difficult scriptures in your Bible. Someone has just run over you, stabbed you in the back, slit your throat, robbed you, and you're going to get down and pray the blessing of God on them. Why? They need it. They need help. This is good preaching. Now, why did God tell you to do this? Because it frees you. It frees you. It keeps bitterness out of you. It keeps, it keeps anger out of you. Don't allow that in your soul. Don't seethe. Don't sit around and seethe. You destroy your life. You're destroying your mind. Your, your mind has become polluted. Now, what you bless can't harm you. You are creating a barrier between them and you, and what they're saying and doing cannot attach itself to you. You have no idea how liberating that scripture is when you learn it. So the day that I told you about, I got down and prayed for my ex. I prayed for her, not against her. Don't pray against people. Pray for them. Now, why? here's the other reason you do this. Because what you do to others, God will make sure someone does to you. And you know as well as I do, there's times that you've stopped and went, I'm going to need some mercy. And Jesus said, with the measure you just meted, you're now opening the door for God to do. If you're a human and you're blessing people, how can God not bless you? I'm going to stop right there and let that soak. How often do you think you'll live like this? I think every day the sun comes up. You have to teach yourself to be loving. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love hardly notices when others do it wrong. Love keeps no record of wrongs. I don't have a record of, of, I don't have any record. I have no animosity in my heart, and I am free inside me right now. I'm free. <laughs> but I've had times when I've sat down and prayed over people. Just flat. One day I walked into uh, the ministerial alliance here. And uh, Gary wasn't a part of it that day. But let me just tell you, I, I intimidate people. I intimidate men, men of God. I, do, I intimidate them, and I know that. Because they'll do something stupid, and I'll look at them and tell you, that's, don't, don't do that. And they don't, like, they don't like someone telling them they're wrong. They don't like. So one day I walked in, and nobody even said hello. 
I mean, they're all sitting at the table and I walk in and sat down. Nobody said a word and then they got up and they all left. Never said a word. Now, I'm offended. I am. I'm offended. I got up, went and got all their breakfast and paid for it. I'm not allowing this. I'm going to keep my big boy pants on. They can be babies, but I'm going to put on my big boy pants. Oh, y'all out there, I mean, I'm having a fun right now. Do you have any idea what it's like to go buy everybody's breakfast who was just ugly? <laughs> well, next month, everyone said, hello, Pastor Daryl. I even had one of them hand me his bill. That's rude, but I paid it. I paid it. You know, because I'm standing there in my mind going, you rude punk. And then I took the bill, and I paid it. Amen. Boy, I'm preaching better than y'all, amen. amen. And some of these men have actually grown up. Amen. Don't y'all go tell them this. Don't you dare go tell them this. I'll spank you. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Do you know there are people that are friends because I'm friends with them and not the other way around? You know, there's, I have friends right now that their friendship stayed that way because I decided to keep reaching out to them no matter what. It's quiet. I love it. I love it. Y'all are getting this, aren't you? Go to James 5. Go to James 5, and we're going to close with this. Faith doesn't work in a heart of unforgiveness. It does not work. Your faith won't work. Your Christianity won't work. I have a book. It's in my office in there um, on love. And, and I'm going to tell you all this, and I'm going to tell on myself. I don't mind telling on myself because I don't have enough. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't worry about what you think anyway. So I'm just being honest with you. I, just, I don't care about what you think. If you don't like me, that's, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm being serious. I just, it didn't bother me. I said five. I told you James five, but, but that's not true. Hold it. Nine. It's three, nine. It's James three, nine, Tracy. I'm sorry. Okay. Let, let me read eight. No man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison with it. Bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who are made in the similitude or likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these ought not be so. You watch what you say. You are in control of your mouth. I had a man say to me not too long ago, he said, well, you know how us construction workers are. No, I don't. Because you're a construction worker does not mean you have to have a filthy mouth. No one's making you have a bad mouth but you. <laughs> I don't care if you're in prison. You don't have to cuss. Whew. Quiet in here, that's all right. 
Does a spring send fresh water and bitter at the same opening? Can a fig tree, brethren, bear olives and grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. He who is wise and understanding among you, let him show by a good conduct his works done in meekness of wisdom. If you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your heart, don't boast and don't lie. This wisdom does not descend from above. It's earthly, it's sensual, and it's demonic. And where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. How are you going to walk in health if you're going to let your mouth say whatever comes to your mind? I'm almost done and y'all are still quiet on me. All right, along with me, how many of y'all would look at me right now and go, I have work to do. We, we, we all, don't, don't, don't start thinking I'm just preaching to you. Listen, I'm talking to Gene Gann over here. Sweet old women, even have, sweet old women have problems at home with their crazy grandkids. <laughs> Gene, say amen. Just amen. amen. This is every day of our life, guys. This is every day. I would say this is Satan's number one way to get you out of faith. And you have to decide. You're not getting, you're not stealing my faith. You're not having my faith in God. The wisdom from above is first pure, it's peaceable. It's gentle, it's willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You can take a bad situation and go, I think I'm going to turn this to the good. Amen. Brother Hagin made a statement. He said, I've never allowed the slightest amount of animosity to remain in my heart toward any man. Now, I'm going to say this. I heard it, and I rejoiced, and I began to try to live like that. A a amen. The way you work on your faith is to work it. And, and I've had days when I did good, and I've had days when I didn't do so good. I don't want to get into this a lot, but a few years ago, when I was dealing with some physical problems, the Lord began to deal with me about the way I was talking to people. And I didn't really realize I was doing it, but I had allowed some people to get under my skin. Come on, come on. Not everybody, but just some people. And it was beginning to affect my attitude all the time. It makes you kind of grumpy. It makes you kind of snappy. And people would say, well, you're kind of snappy. And I went, I'm fine. Well, I wasn't. And when the Lord began to deal with me about certain people, I had to go back. And it took me, I, I would say a day. It may have taken more than a couple of days of praying over certain people and clean my heart back out. Father, I, I, I'm going to leave this alone. I'll cast the care of this. I won't worry about this anymore. I'm not, you know, and, 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 
It's good for you. It's a very good thing to sit down and, and clean your, your faith works by love. Loving God and loving people and loving the Word of God and loving church are synonymous. If you've lost your joy, this is where it went. Well, you just don't know. I mean, I'm not one of these people. Just get up. And get, I, well, that's, that's probably because your heart's full of junk. Ooh, it's quiet in here. This is good, isn't it? Next, next week, and I don't know if I'll be back for the Sunday school part of it, we're going to talk about another danger to your faith, and that's fear. What you are afraid of, you will attract. If you're afraid of COVID, you will get it. I don't care if you're hiding at home in a closet, it'll find you. Because what you greatly, Job said, what I greatly feared. You, you can't live on this earth in fear. Fear not, I'm with you. And that's next Sunday. Is this good? I want you all to understand something. God gave you a lot of power. Superman, and I, and I always liked the Superman movies when I was a kid. But there, he needs to be aware that if he's around kryptonite, he can't fly. If you're around unforgiveness, you can't fly either. Don't go jumping off a building if you're around sin, if you've got sin in your life, because you're just going to make a big mess at the bottom. You and your little blue suit and cape. <laughs> Say amen anyway. Are you all ready to pray? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity this morning walking in here and sharing the Word of God in this, in this church service we're having. I'm trusting you right now. Every person sitting here in the sound of my voice will pick these scriptures up and go home. And if there's issues, deal with this now. Get it out of our life. Get this out. We understand. I understand this is a ploy from Satan to stop Christians from their faith. And I'm asking that everybody in this room right here heard this as the word of God, not as pastor, not as Daryl saying to me. And, and I take it that way also, Father. I've, many times, and I shared with them, I've had to come back to these scriptures and I've had to get some things right. And I shared a little bit about my marriage just for the simple reason that even I, even I have had times when I've had to make adjustments. When, when I got corrected and told, you need to make some adjustments. All of us do. All of us do. I pray we remain correctable and and we understand that if we have ought against anybody, our faith will not work. And we don't want it. We won't have that. And I pray over everybody in this room right now that as they leave here today, they go and have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. And they get free of bitterness and strife. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5345. And remember, 
Our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.